the infamous Miu Miu skirt doing the celeb rounds, a change in influencer marketing rules, and what the hell is a vibe shift? We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club, a weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Rwandari Woiwurrung people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We'd also like to celebrate their rich history of culture and storytelling that we can learn from. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So it was nice bumping into you in Sydney this week, hey? I know after not seeing you for like two months all summer, we finally got to see each other in person and I was in Sydney with family and went to the office and then you came up for a work thing. We went for coffee and a croissant, but it was funny, like when we were sitting there, I forgot that we hadn't seen each other for so long because we talk like every day. Like you were Mm -hmm. like, anyway, so like, how are you? Like, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's just nice to see you in person. I know. I can't believe it. It's now autumn. So we almost went a whole month without seeing each other. We saw each other in December. Yeah. But my goodness, I feel like I've been a shell of a social human. I can't get over that tweet or thing I saw that was like the like the pandemic killed the acquaintance or like mm. you don't we're not acquaintances. Don't get me wrong. But it's like you just have close friends and co-workers now so yeah I feel like I haven't seen that many people and it's like we're three months into the year I know it's so crazy I feel the same way yeah like you only make plans with like your close close friends mm. but yeah now I'm back we can make plans did you enjoy Sydney yeah it was like a quick two-day like trip I felt like Miss International, like, you know, jet, jetting <laughs> off to the airport then to the office blah 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 but it was really lovely um of course, the weather's just been wild across Australia. And I think even like last week in New South Wales, it's just like pouring with rain. Like you were there, so you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a scary time. Yeah. And also now the Queensland floods are happening, which is just so heartbreaking to see after 2011. Mm. I'm very grateful that my family is safe. They live right on the river, like overlooking wow. the Brisbane River. But um, they're in a high rise, so they're fine um their lifts aren't working in their building so they just have to walk up and down 24 flights of stairs if they want to leave but like compared to what other people are going through like losing their whole house and stuff um they're safe and the reason this podcast is coming too late is because my sister our editor is also trying to get home from tasmania she was there on tour she's a musician her flight keeps getting cancelled into brisbane because it's so chaotic so yeah sending love to everyone who has been impacted by that it's just incredibly sad and not what anyone needs and any business needs after COVID as well completely I think it's been one thing after the other this week um I feel like I was definitely way more offline this week just because it's been um I guess a lot to consume especially with of course the Ukraine situation breaking out a very surreal week and yeah, you're right. It has been like one thing after another, just from a global perspective. And like we're consuming it in such different ways these days than we did previously. So yeah, no wonder we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> but like, again, it's nothing, absolutely nothing. We're so privileged to be down 
in Australia right now. And again, I don't know if we have any listeners in Ukraine, but um, yeah, European listeners and just sending love to people in Ukraine anyway and Russia, the people of Russia. Just an awful, awful situation to be in caused by like power and ego, which is just so sad in 2022. So 2022's first viral fashion item has been making the rounds. The Miu Miu Spring Summer 22 micro skirt is everywhere at the moment. Or is it? We'll be asking <laughs> that question. For those who haven't seen it, it is a shorter than short beige skirt that's pleated and has a distressed hemline and exposed pockets. It kind of looks like it's just been hacked off by a pair of scissors. Many celebrities have worn it. Zendaya, Nicole Kidman on the front of the highly talked about Vanity Fair cover. And most recently, Paloma Elsessa for ID magazine. Also celebs from Saweetie to Chiara Baragni to Emma Corrin who posted a pic in it with the caption I know you think you've seen the skirt before but you actually haven't it is literally being passed around to every walking celebrity but um it's not anything completely new because mini skirts have been on the rise for a while I feel like hot girl summer people were into the to the short shorts into the short skirts um even according to depop Searches for micro mini skirts are up 23% compared to last year. And on this um, platform called Stitch Fix, there's been a 194% increase in inquiries for mini skirts um, in the past year. So, yeah, people are loving the mini skirt. A poll of Refinery29 UK's readers also found that 89% would not wear the skirt. Some funny replies I might wear it as a scarf. And a succinct, just stop making it happen. Would you wear the miniskirt? Would you wear miniskirts in general, not just the Miu Miu miniskirt? I mean, I recently bought a miniskirt and um, I hadn't, I mean, it was kind of funny because I bought it because like most of, like a lot of my bottoms aren't fitting anymore, but it's like, let me buy like a tiny skirt then. <laughs> um, but I want to get into this. I think it's super cute. I just wish it was a world without men, you know, like mm. I think this would be a different conversation. Like I love mini skirts and I wish I could wear them more. I just do feel uncomfortable mm. in them in public. Like this bloody Miu Miu skirt she covers nothing like I, mm. I would not be surprised if you could see mm. some dangly bits or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was like eight no maybe it was a bit older maybe I was like 10 11 and I wanted this mini skirt from Supre so badly and I like begged my mom for it and she didn't give in she didn't let me have it um so I feel like I have a real scar with mini skirts <laughs> Maybe I can try it again as an adult. But, yeah, I don't know if I'd go short, short, like the Mimi one. Mm. It was nice to see the skirt on Paloma because I was seeing it on very, very tall, skinny women. Um, so it was interesting to see it on a completely different body shape. Yeah. I wonder where this trend will go. Yeah. And also it's like, you know, we're all talking about this skirt. There's a tweet around the line of everyone's sick of this already, but no one's seen it in person. So I definitely feel like this is an internet thing. I mean, who can, how many of us normies can like afford a Mumi skirt? And one, again, like you mentioned, that's like 
not practical. It's cost per wear is going to be low. It's definitely a trend item. Like how many people? Mm. Um, I mean, DIY it, right? It's just <laughs> take scissors to, to one <laughs> that you might have at home. Millennials collectively had a digital freakout when it was announced that a vibe shift is happening. All hell broke loose after The Cut released an article called A Vibe Shift is Coming. Will any of us survive it? Yes. So this has taken over, I mean, I'm not going to lie, mainly Twitter, right? Because that's where the millennials are living. Um, but if you have kind of heard this phrase and not sure about what's it all about, don't worry, we'll break it down for you. Um, so basically the Cuts writer, Alison P. Davis, brought Vibe Shift into the mainstream after writer and trend forecaster Sean Monaghan wrote a 2021 entry of like the same name in the eight ball sub stack. Um, so yeah, the term's been around about a year or so. Sean was also the guy that coined the term normcore. So loves a bit of internet lingo. Mm. Yeah. So according to Sean, we've seen four great vibe shifts in the 21st century so far. I love this, him like breaking yeah. it down. So there was a hipster indie music, which was from 2003 to 2009. So like OC era or Peak Arcade Fire, Block Party, High Waisted Cheap Mondays, Williamsburg Bespoke Cocktail Bars. Um, just have to say Cheap Mondays. We, do you remember mm-hmm. Cheap Mondays? I so thing? remember. Yes. Yeah. I is- was, everyone was obsessed with Cheap Mondays. And they were so expensive, like $100 for a pair of jeans, which is like fine now. But like these 14-year-old girls, like, I need the Cheap Mondays. Oh my god. It's so funny because like as you're reading this, I'm like nodding along. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like I get this vibe. Like I was between I was like three to nine years old. (laughs) But you know, these great times. I know, I was like, those are the years. (laughs) Bespoke cocktail bars, yes. Um but yes, go on, tell me about more. So after that, we have the post-internet slash techno revival, which was from 2010 to 14. So that is the Blood Orange era normcore, dressing like the Matrix, Kinfolk, which I'm guessing is a club in New York. And they say Kinfolk the club, not Kinfolk the magazine, uh, which was also a vibe. But yeah, I loved that 2010 to 2016. I was like finishing high school in my early 20s and pre-pandemic so a good time Mm -hmm. and then after that we have the hype beast slash woke era which was from 2016 to 2020 or drake at his drakus the nike sneakers (laughs) app sneaker flipping virtue signaling donald trump protest not brunch completely no i think this is pretty bang on but i wish there was also like a women's energy into this as well because this is like quite bro-y half of it um but yeah, those are apparently the four big vibe shifts that we've had. And Sean has said that he thinks that we're on the cusp of another one right now. Mm. Yeah. So essentially vibe shift is just a turning of the tides for trends. It's just like when culture and aesthetics change. Um, but the writer Alison P. Davis basically has like an existential crisis in this piece and is like, there's a new vibe shift, but like, what is it? And also we've been in a pandemic for two years. No one's left the house. So it does feel really disjointed. Like if Sean Monaghan says that the last one ended in 2020, but we haven't been able to define a new one mm. yet, or at least the startings of one, like what the vibe is, um, then 
yeah, it's because of the pandemic has like kind of stunted us a little bit as a culture. Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting one because I think most of the conversation online um, is around how people are really scared about the upcoming vibe shift and will they like fit in, will they make the mold for it? But reading back on the ones that you've said, like, I'm not, I'm not in like the kinfolk club. I'm not in the hype piece era, but you can, you don't have to be a part of it to kind of experience Mm. it collectively. Like I can look on and be like, appreciate it or just observe, but you don't have to be the culture to be in the culture. This sounds so so wanky though. (laughs) No, but the whole thing is wanky. Like, yes, that's true. I think also it's been interesting to see like older millennials. So say, 27 plus um who are like yeah genuinely freaking out about this and it is just kind of it's like a symbolism in the cut they say it's basically like people are thinking about death too much Mm. (laughs) because like these millennials are getting older so they're kind of projecting onto this vibe shift conversation instead of just accepting the fact um, I think I'll definitely be like that, though. Like, I give think me I 10 years. <laughs> we'll be crying on the podcast, being like, let us in, Vibe Shift, let us in. We were cool. We had a podcast. Um, <laughs> because, and <laughs> because honestly, I don't know any, like, Gen Zs that are worried or even, like, who care about this. Like, we were discussing whether we should talk about it or not because we're mm. like, you know, like, it's oh, should we talk about this internet thing? Um, but I do think, like you mentioned, there's like this element of like ageism almost. Like we just expect culture to come from the youth and mm. kind of disregard, I guess, older people or whatever. So I think that's a bigger conversation that's maybe worth having. But mm. actually, a friend and I were talking, um, two friends and I, high school friends and I were talking over the weekend and we we're talking about Botox. So we're all in our mid 20s now and we were talking about, um, would we consider getting Botox? Have we ever gotten Botox, etc.? And my one of my friends works in the fashion industry and the other friend works in like health. And the friend who works in health was like, I have genuinely never considered Botox. Like I just want to age naturally and all this. And my friend and I in fashion were saying like, I don't think about Botox right now, but um like I would consider it when I, as I age. And I th- was saying that I think it's because media and fashion are such mm. like youth dominated areas that as soon as you're seen as like being out of touch with trends or even looking older, I think, unless you're like this quirky, like older person, um, you can get shafted. Like people have lost jobs mm. in these industries because of the age. So yeah, that was an interesting conversation to think about as well. That's actually a good call. I mean, I know this is so similar, but I never properly thought about it in that way. I always thought, you know, media and fashion is very appearance based. I don't even think that obviously it's youth focused. That's why people are also doing that. Um, And it just sucks that in these industries, sometimes we just don't value wisdom and age and experience as much as we should because so much juice comes from that. Um, and if we're just looking at like the same, like, you know, 20 year olds that are entering the industry for the first couple of years, love me, um, you know, that's <laughs> that's not going to build like a business. Anyway, girl boss moment. Mm. Um, I saw a really good tweet about this that was by Rebecca Fishbean that says, 
I liked the vibe shift piece, not because I understood any of the words in it, but if you are of a certain <laughs> age, it does feel like in pandemic hibernation, we skipped a natural transition from young-ish to the middle. Mm. It's a normal shift that happens as you age. It's unusual that it happens in the middle of a global crisis. So like love that it. is a big impact of like mm, exactly. making people feel more out of touch. Yeah, I love that point. So many good points have been had through this cut piece. So I am quite, I mean, grateful to it. Such as Hayley Narman's um, newsletter, Maybe Baby, she wrote in a piece called The Death of Sex. This was such a great piece. I love Hayley and her writing is always so smart. Um, so I would definitely recommend this piece and read it, reading it fully. We'll link it in our show notes. But basically it's responding to Sean and Allison's kind of conversation about the next vibe shift is rejecting a lot of the internet culture that we've built over the last 10 years also is talking about how everything these days is really 2d which I feel like we would agree because I feel Mm. like the last few months every time we talk about the internet we're like oh I'm so over it or like I'm taking a break or like it's not real or whatever um (laughs) even if we still contribute um so yeah maybe they're right So we just want to read a little bit of the piece out now because it's incredibly well-written. People on social media are constantly trying to destigmatize being try-hard because you can't really be online without trying, but it will never work. It will always be more compelling to garner people's admiration naturally than to do it on purpose. And the people best at that will always be the most interesting, culturally speaking. If I were to guess why everything's felt so stunted and unimaginative lately, from our celebrities to our general ways of life, it's because we've forgotten this. In a culture of convenience, where values are understood increasingly through their digital imprints, things feel nauseatingly 2D because they literally are. Haley then goes on to talk about how we have lost a lot of sex and not just like physical, the act, but like sex in our culture. And we're kind of um, really one infantilizing a generation and um, it's like quite purinist. So Haley says, obviously plenty of things are and should remain sexless, like checking your email or doing your taxes. But I've been thinking about this quality a lot lately, and I've been surprised by how often sexlessness is a decent descriptor for things that suck these days. Internet scolds, celebrities making NFTs, overthinking tiny decisions, perfect Instagram faces and bodies, trying not to offend anyone online, every idiotic app that sells you on the idea of never talking to another person again, being home all the time, calories on menus, the fake laughter on late night talk shows, Pretending your life is like a movie on TikTok. These things have nothing to do with each other. They were just the first 10 things I could think of. Everything is so wildly flat these days. Imagine codifying it all for good in the metaverse. Bone chilling. I have been thinking about this without, like she put this into words, how I've been feeling. Mm. And I've been like craving like life and spontaneity. And like it was so nice in Sydney to have a little taste of that again it felt like 2019 when I was with a friend and her housemate and my friend and I had been out all day, like going to a museum and like walking around and we got back. It was like 9 p.m. on a Saturday in our mid-20s. And then I realized we're all fully vaccinated, like things are stabilizing a little bit, very privileged to be able to do this as a non-immunocompromised person. But we were just like, oh, should we just 
we I've got some like coins for this arcade. Should we just go out? And we just took a tequila shot and then went to the arcade and then ended up staying at this bar next door until like two in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, I feel young again. Like this yeah. is, and it's not just the drinking or the going out, but it's just like that spontaneity of like, let's just do this because we can. And the same thing happened in Bondi on Sunday. I had been wearing my swimmers around for two days under my clothes in the pouring rain because I was like, oh, I want to swim, but it's too one dangerous and it's too rainy. And I was like, if there's a break in the rain, I'll just like run down to the beach and go swimming. It didn't happen. But on the last day, the sun came out for a little bit, but I was wearing my bra underneath and just bra and undies. And um, my friend and I were like, should we just go for a swim anyway? So I just like took my bra off, like swam in my singlet. It was like a wet t-shirt competition. Um, <laughs> and like just swam in my undies on Bondi, like in the middle of a Sunday. And I didn't even care like that I was in my underwear half naked because I was like, oh my God, I just want it. This is what I wanted yeah. to do. I wanted to go to the beach and swim. And I finally did it. And so I'm trying to like create more moments like that where it's yeah. like you think about it less. Like when she says um, overthinking tiny decisions, like, that has been magnified times 10 during the pandemic because we're constantly like, is this dangerous? Who am I putting at risk? Mm. Um, what are the rules? What are the restrictions? Which still things we definitely need to consider. I'm not saying like everything is great and everything's out the window. But yeah, I, as you can tell, 100% resonate with this piece. And it's so nice to hear it put into words of like why everything is like, why we're cravings and maybe this is a new vibe shift like even in the cut they say like maybe this is why people are smoking mm. again or why young people are smoking again after like 10 to 15 years of um you know cigarette sales declining in young people is because we're like fuck it like <laughs> <laughs> we've just survived like a pandemic and now there's a war well there's always been wars so that's a whole nother conversation but you know there is a um european war happening and you know what is going on kind of vibes so anyway that's my rant of the day no it's beautiful and like if you've kind of like ignited my soul a little (laughs) bit oh my god but yeah because I think we both had like the privilege of the past couple of weeks to have moments of normalcy but more than that like moments where you really feel alive and like human in your flesh again Mm. as opposed to you're right living so digitally and I think that's just become the norm so anything that strays away from that has I've like forgotten, like I've forgotten that feeling of doing things uh, maybe spontaneously or whatever and it just feels so good and I think like you mentioned it's not like a snap return to like Mm. what it was in 2019 but um, there's like nice hope for like living Mm. out there so that's nice. Yeah, it's like holding on to like being safe but then when you have those opportunities to like live a bit more just like taking them I think there's been a change in Australian influencer law this week new advertising codes and rules for social media influencers will change the way they're allowed to promote health products like sunscreen skincare vitamins protein powders and other supplements It all started with an inflammatory The Australian article, which seemed to suggest that influencers will be banned from promoting this, which is false. It's actually more about the wording than the promotion of an actual product. So people can endorse products, but they can't provide testimonials for how the products work. Yeah. So to like kind of flesh it out, they mean that phrases like removes toxins, fades dark spots, relieves pain, 
they aren't allowed. So for instance, with sunscreen, you can't be like this, like fix my skin, but you can be like, oh, it provides this much sun protection. It's more like factual based versus like experiential. Um, But yeah, this Australian post, especially on Instagram blew up. There were like, it was so interesting to see the response, especially in the comments. So many people outraged by this and so many people so happy about it. It seemed like two sides, like really, there was no in between. People were like, this is so good, like fuck influencers basically. And then other people being like, no, this is like um, jeopardizing women, especially like um, Mm. financial future. Yeah, completely. So that's what I saw from writer Noelle Faulkner, who, yeah, pointed out because this is targeted at the beauty industry, it mainly impacts the livelihoods of women and LGBTQIA plus content creators. Um, They also suggested that many content creators take on influencer work for survival or because current employment systems don't serve them. For instance, if they can't get full-time jobs, they might supplement that income with kind of that freelance gig economy vibes. And these rules aren't just for influencers either. The change also includes experts in health-related fields, including current and former health practitioners, professionals, and medical researchers. Yeah, it's good to see that it was more so the wording. I had a feeling it was like when you see just like a random really inflammatory post that kind of goes viral, I'm always like, is this the real thing? Like, cause you know, like you've got to condense a lot of information down for those posts, but I wasn't worried. You know, I mean, both of us can sometimes like share our opinions on beauty products. Like mm. you've been paid a few times for like, um, like beauty skincare ads. How do you feel about this? Well, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my god I'm really nervous because like a lot of like our friends like that is where some of our income comes in and I was like this feels quite unfair but I of course understand the flip side of it like if this is banning like hair gummies and like weight loss things like very 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 dangerous things like the code has said that the reason that they're putting these rules in place is to cut down on content that plays on quote fear and apprehension and I'm like yeah like of course like the beauty industry and like the influencer industry can feed into like insecurities and um, fear mongering but like is this the best way to do it like why are we targeting individual usually women when you could be targeting the industry and like businesses at large it's not our fault yeah exactly exactly I 100% agree um but yeah I'm also not on the fence let's say I'm more in like on like the this can be damaging camp but um you know then you do see like sometimes I think influencers can just say like that's the issue right like at the moment influencers can say whatever they want basically whatever the brand tells them to say they can say it without many repercussions so you could get someone who is promoting vitamin that's like this cured my like very serious inflammatory disease Mm. and then someone gets it and they spend you know x amount of money on it and doesn't work that is dangerous I think like mentally and physically and emotionally um so yeah kind of understand that point of view I honestly think it should be on the onus of the brand because when you're doing paid Mm. sponsorships you have to go through the brand and like show them this is a post this is a caption and then they come back to you with edits so I honestly think it should be their responsibility to add to this conversation um scientist and beauty creator Hannah English had something on her stories which I think is important too I'll read it out 
I have some ideas. Why don't we instead ban tanning oils with SPF and natural toothpaste, things that actually do damage to public health, or invest in a health campaign to educate about these things. The reason brands have to educate about sun safety at the moment is because we didn't hear a peep about it from the government for the past 14 years. Mm. I think especially with people like Hannah who um, are advocating for like sunscreen and SPF education, that's so important. And it's like a whole new generation um, is seeing that. Our friend, friend of the pod, Kitchen, I'm having a conversation lately. I don't know if you've noticed, but on TikTok especially, there's been a lot of girls, women um, who have obvious tan lines, like they've been wearing mm-hmm. the triangle bikini mm-hmm. all summer and then they wear like boob tube, um, yes, like yes. tube dresses and that's like an accessory almost. I've seen on a few and it's like, oh my God, your skin, like it looks amazing. And it's like a sign of like they've had a really good summer. And Kitchen and I were like, maybe this generation didn't have the skin cancer ads that we did because like I still am like scarred by like mm. what those skin can and as they should like I can still recite the the tanning is skin cells and trauma trying to protect themselves from cancer ad because it was like drilled into us from such a young age <laughs> yeah. and I haven't seen one in so long and Ooh. now there's these women I'm hoping it's fake tan but I really don't think it is it's like a full on you can see the pale skin underneath and then like proper tan beside it so my point is hopefully Hannah and her peers are able to still promote sunscreen in that way Mm. she actually mentioned that um under these new laws she wouldn't be able to describe like how the sunscreen feels on her skin or like how it um looks post coverage which I think is like such a big part of sunscreen um but back to what you were saying about the ads oh my goodness it's very interesting because I think a lot of the like younger generation like my sister's friends and stuff like don't care like don't wear sunscreen Mm. um and every time I'm around people especially at the beach I'm always like remember what do we say and then I'll be like there's nothing and then they'll be like healthy about a tan (laughs) there's nothing healthy about a tan I like chant that as I'm like walking across the beach and everyone's just sunbaking and I'm like I don't mind a bit of sunbaking every now and but like with sunscreen like last Sunday I reapplied like a billion times um it's nice to like lay in the sun briefly but yeah when you're like purposely tanning not wearing sunscreen we're getting into a whole different conversation yes um yeah be careful with your skin everybody wear sunscreen please Maggie, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, loving this week? Like literally nothing. I don't know what's happened <laughs> this week. Um, maybe because I was traveling to Sydney. I was just off like my laptop and stuff. But like I did watch one thing, which I am recommending, but it's not like a top tier recommendation. Okay. But it is called Unpregnant. And that is a 20. Yes. And that is a 2020 coming of age film. Um, it's on binge here in Australia. It's about a 17-year-old girl who has to go to Albuquerque in New Mexico to have an abortion. So it's like a take on the road trip comedy kind of trope genre. 
and it tackles friendship and abortion. So it stars Haley Lou Richardson and the reason I watched it, Barbie Ferreira, aka Cat from Euphoria, aka Tumblr Girl. Um, and <laughs> it is a fun watch. Like again, it's not like the most compelling movie. Like I was on my phone for a little bit, but I think to have this storyline played out um like in a film I think was quite interesting to watch like it was a bit on the nose at times but I do think it would have been very powerful from like a conservative um audience um it was quite interesting to learn I guess more about the abortion laws in the U.S. as well so the the storyline that it hinges on is um like based on like reality so if you're under 18 and from Missouri you must have parental consent to get an abortion um and if you don't you know like the protagonist you have to travel across several state borders to get one and you know we see these two very young teenage girls like embark on like such a dangerous road trip just to do this thing where you know she 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 mentions this isn't a spoiler but like she mentioned she's like you know this isn't the way it should be I should be able to just walk down my road be welcomed in and get this done Mm. safely you know rather than like risk her life basically yeah um so actually yeah I do stand by this recommendation I I do think it's um like a good watch especially maybe for like like younger audiences as well sounds good I haven't even heard of it before yeah looking now American female buddy road comedy drama film yeah yeah binge have this section on their um site which is called like underwatch and underrated and it's like more indie stuff so I was like oh I'll watch this like it looks cute is it Kat or the other one who's pregnant uh the other one right so Kat's like the best friend or not Kat lol (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay interesting hmm looks good yes and what are you going to be recommending for us this week so you've probably heard of it, but I've been watching Inventing Anna this week and actually loving it. It tells the mostly true story of Anna Delvey, a.k.a. Anna Savokin, who's a Russian-German woman who pretended to be a super wealthy heiress from 2013 to 2017. Not a spoiler because it happens in real life. Anna was arrested after defrauding or intentionally deceiving major financial institutions, banks, hotels and acquaintances in the U.S., for a total of $275,000. The story focuses heavily on the journalist who broke the story originally for New York Magazine, Jessica Presler. So Jessica wrote a feature titled How Anna Delvey Tricked New York's Party People. And that is a very good read as well. I remember when that like went crazy viral like in 2017-18. And Julia Garner plays Anna. And you've probably heard like, all the TikTok sounds of her um, like kind of Russian German accent going around the I do not have time for you is from Inventing <laughs> yeah. Anna and it's a Netflix series produced by Shonda Rhimes who is a really great director and the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy. It has had really mixed reviews from critics some people saying like the story's a little all over the place it doesn't really know what it's saying it doesn't really know whose side to be on it kind of girl bossifies Anna maybe a little bit mm. too much, but it's still a really good watch. And the episodes are one hour long. So it's been nice. Like it's, I don't find it bingeable. Like I feel like I've got to watch one a night and that's a good amount. And then anymore and I start going on my phone a bit more and kind of losing interest. So um, yeah, it's been nice to slowly get through it. 
Have you seen it? Not yet. And so many of these like scam shows are out. Like I've watched half of Tinder Swindler. I might get back into that. Um, and The Dropout just dropped as well. So that's another one on my radar that's apparently good um, covering the Elizabeth Holmes um, situation. But I'm glad that you like this. Where's that? Uh, it will be on Disney+. Plus. Oh, cool. Yeah. So and two days, actually. Okay. Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of scam. Maybe that's the vibe shift scam shows. <laughs> On that note, thank you for tuning in um, for another episode of Culture Club. We've loved having you here. Thanks for listening and we will chat with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.